to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours and what a week 15 that was. Ollie Hunter has returned from his travels and we have plenty to talk about, whether it's Odell Beckham's punishments, Canva MVP, the Dark Horses of the League. I have a real chip on my shoulder and very, very much more. So let's get into it immediately. This is the Gridiron Show. I mean, by immediately, I obviously mean after me and Ollie have danced around for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, we did do that. <laughs> I, I, when you said dark horses, did you mean dark forces? Ah, very good, because of course The Force Awakens came out this week. You haven't seen it yet, have you? No, I have not. Uh, maybe tonight or tomorrow. I do not know. Um, I can't wait to see it. I've been desperately, whilst I've been away, trying to stay away from Twitter, Facebook, uh, BuzzFeed, anything that might give away a spoiler. So I really... I really don't want any spoilers from you throughout the next hour and a bit. Do you really think I do spoilers? Yes, yes, I do. Do you think I'm that kind of man? You definitely are. They all die. What? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> the bit where uh, the bit where Jar Jar Binks comes back at the end and has a love affair with Mace Windu. That was pretty weird. Who's Mace Windu? <laughs> what? What? Samuel L. Jackson's character, obviously. Not Mace Windu, Mace Window. Um Jar Jar Binks is back. What? No, Jar Jar Binks isn't oh, back. Thank God. Uh, no, I will not reveal anything. But is about it the amazing? Awakens, but it is genuinely incredible. How many times have you seen it? <clears throat> Twice already. How many times do you think <laughs> you'll see it? I would take the over/under on five, and I'd probably maybe take the over still. I mean, I, as we said before... Sorry, were you making a, a betting thing about your I, <laughs> whether you're going to go and see it or not? Yeah, I can't be sure. I, I, I wanted to go and see it again today, if possible. Do you want to go? Uh, well, I've, the problem is my wife's dad's in town and he wasn't meant to be and there's all sorts going on, so I've got to deal with all of that. But um, no, oh. it was... we. James, uh, James Kemp said he'd love to hear my spoiler-free review. So my spoiler-free review is literally just... Wow! Yes! 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 I, I actually... I don't think I cried during the film, but I got really <laughs> emotional afterwards. Oh, mate. I, like, I genuinely... What was weird, I, I think I was walking around Sainsbury's afterwards, just buying stuff. We did a Christmas party on Saturday night with a few London friends, and I... I, I found myself getting emotional about just how good it had been. Just like, it was such a relief. It felt like like 15 years of weight off my shoulders that after the absolute suck fest that was the prequels, that they J.J. Abrams had just nailed it so well. And um, Was this in the condiment aisle? Well, the, <laughs> No, I think it was in the bread aisle of all places. In the bread aisle? Uh, interestingly as well, um, I... I had a conversation with Matt Sherry, editor of Gridiron, who stood in so wonderfully for Ollie last week on this very show. And um, uh, we were talking about where it fits into the pantheon of the films. And there is a genuine conversation about where it comes if you include the original three trilogy. Well, well yeah, okay, so where, where I, is it? I.e., so it's not the fourth best. It could be considered in the top three. Where's your hysteria drop? <laughs> where is it? Hold on, I don't know if the music's finished yet. The, uh, it could be considered in the top three. Hysterical! And now, I don't even think that is that hysterical. I, um... Well, look, I will see it maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe... In a long time, not so very far away. No, no it's it doesn't not work. quite working. Doesn't work. No, it doesn't work. But I will see it, and then I'll let you know as soon as I see it. 
I'm definitely going to see it a couple more times. Perhaps you and I should go and watch it together. That would I be would, nice. I think that'd be lovely. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> pod, pod date. <laughs> lovely. Uh, so loads of things happened over the weekend oh, in no, the NFL, wait, though. Wait. That I've, come back, I've come back from, uh, from oh, skiing. I've got you something. What? Presents? Wow. Amazing. And he's taken his headphones off and left me completely... Is it, is it a keyboard? Because I just heard a random keyboard sound. No, and it's not all bus oil because I'm, I'm sick. Oh, yeah, you just keep wafting that under my nose. It's actually delightful when you <laughs> do it. It's really though. nice. But I brought you... Does that say Haribo Vagina? No, Orangina. Orangina Haribo. Yes. That's incredible. They are incredible. Try one now. Try oh, one now. Oh, my God. I've had the most ridiculous week, fatty weekend. We did the... I went out on staff drinks on Friday, followed by uh, my house London Christmas on Saturday. I was invited, but I was away, and I'm sorry yeah. I made you that. Were I act- it. You were actually invited yeah, to yeah. something for once as well. Yeah, no. And then on Sunday, me and Sarah feeling sorry for ourselves, so drank the rest of the mulled wine, plus made homemade hot chocolate, i.e. with cream and milk and oh. uh, Rolos and cho- dark chocolate chips and vanilla essence and Contro and made it in the slow cooker. Wow, that sounds incredible. It was like drinking pure chocolate sauce. Oh, my ludicrous. God. Neither of us could finish the mug, uh, and we had to like put it aside and come back to it later. Oh, do you have any left? I think there is about a couple of cups worth. Yeah, you're welcome to come back afterwards. You have to have okay, so, so eat this orangina, and I'll okay. tell you about the best thing that's happened to me. I've got an me. orange one. Just There are different flavours there's here. A, there's a rose one. No, not a rose. rose. There's a, red, a blood orange one, because you can get blood orange oranginas. Amazing. And there's a pinky one. I don't know what the pink one's about. Well, apparently it's rose. So I went skiing in Val Turen. It was amazing. There was snow. I only had two really bad accidents, so that's okay. <laughs> May have got concussed. Uh, got sick, but the best did part... Did you have to go through the concussion protocol? No, I did not. Uh, I had a... I think it was a, a half a concussion, because you can okay. have halves. Um, but uh, uh, the best part about it was that it was Borders Week, where all of the university kids that are in Germany go to Valteren and get mashed up. And right outside our chalet, which was on the on the slopes, was a German rave by a, a really famous guy from Cologne, who happened to speak English with a Rastafarian accent. It was really weird. Really weird, but also brilliant. Amazing. I'm glad you had a good time, buddy. Thanks, mate. But I'm glad to be back. And the football this week has been incredible. For once, Sky got it right, didn't they? Orange Vagina uh, Haribo, by the way, are incredible. Uh, (laughs) uh, Right, yes, football. There was Weeks 15 was great, and Sky did absolutely nail it with their choice of games, which is a rarity, but I think... Well, actually, no, I'd say I think that uh, I actually wasn't backing Panthers-Giants to be one of the games of the weekend. It obviously was, and there's a huge uh, a series of incidents in this game between friend of the show, Josh Norman and Noda Beckham, that we will get onto and we need to talk about, because uh, we are hearing just in the last couple of minutes from ESPN that the league are looking likely that they are going to be fining Oda, uh, not just fining Oda Beckham, sorry, but banning him as well. We asked you on Twitter, what should he receive as a punishment for this. So we'll go through your answer to that. You've also sent in all your questions, etc. as well on that topic. Uh, later on, we're going to be speaking with Andrew Hill, as we mentioned last week, and, and talking about what, what fantastic offers they have for the upcoming Wembley and Twickenham games uh, in the 2016 season. Uh, and, and loads more besides. But first of all, we should give you a little tease. Now, we know that it's quite late in the year to be doing this and that some people will have already made their plans. And we're sorry if you have and hopefully you haven't and you can change them or whatever else. But hopefully you can change them. The original plan was that we weren't going to be having another Super Bowl party this year. We've held it at Bloomsbury Lanes the last two years and it's been really great fun. But a situation has developed in the last week or so that I can't tell you any more about right now. 
Can you tell me? Because I, I haven't been here in the last week. Or I can so. probably tell you about it, but I can't tell anyone else about it right now. I'm not. No, don't. None of this. Put the mic down. Nonsense. I will tell you when we're finished. Okay. Okay. But the fact is, we are going to be doing the Super Bowl party again. Woo! It is going to be back at Bloomsbury Lanes. Tickets are not going to be released till probably the second week of January. So. So that gives you about three weeks to... Yeah. And, to and don't get me wrong, we're still going to be staying in the same terms. It's going to be £10 a ticket. You can pre-book for six people it'll need to be to pre-book to get a lane half price. There'll be VIP packages. There'll be all that normal stuff. We'll do seating if you book in a big group. All that usual stuff. But there's one or two really exciting things happening with it that I can't reveal right now, which are the reason the tickets aren't being released for a few weeks. So I'm just saying to you now, hold your place. And in fact, I'll tell you what, if you email gridironpod at gmail.com or if you tweet us at gridiron, let us know you're interested in tickets. We'll add you to the list. And as soon as we're allowed to make any announcements, we will let you know. How's that? That's great. That's great. Fantastic. Good stuff. Uh, that's really all we wanted to talk about before we get into the football. So shall we get into the football? Let's do it. Fantastic. Well, it has to be. The, the only one game that we can start off with is the Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants. Graham Gano's 43-yard field goal as time expired kept Carolina perfect this season with a 38-35 victory. Cam Newton threw for five touchdowns in building a 28-point lead before New York stormed back to tie it with 146 remaining. Uh, making, uh, we'll get on to... Uh, I want to talk about Cam Newton for, for MVP. I want to talk about uh, Carolina's remaining schedule and everything else, but... Sadly, this game is absolutely being horrendously overshadowed by Josh Norman and Odell Beckham's uh, matchup. It was the sideshow that became the main event. We were expecting this to be quite the matchup anyway, but a series of niggly events between the two of them, which actually ended with Odell Beckham's uh, ridiculous helmet-to-helmet hit on Josh Norman, uh, has led to people calling for... The, uh, Odell Beckham to be banned from the game wondering why the referees didn't suspend him why he wasn't taken out of the game in the first place will the league suspend him, will the league find him etc 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 now before we get on to Odell Beckham I do want to say this and he is a friend of the show and we love Josh Norman's pieces and we think he's a brilliant player and whilst he played this to pretty much perfection i.e. never allowed himself to get drawn in in a way that made him look bad there were plenty of occasions in this battle that Josh Norman swiped out, that he niggled, that he pushed, that he... This was before the trip that Odell Beckham committed on Josh Norman. I think this was a 50-50 battle. Then Odell Beckham committed the trip on Josh Norman. That probably made you think Odell Beckham's gone a bit too far. And then there was the play where uh, it was a Rashad Jennings run up the middle. Uh, Beckham ran past Norman. Norman swiped a hand out of him, out at him, then ran back to make a tackle on Jennings, made the tackle on Jennings. And as he was going in for that tackle, Odell Beckham flew in with a dangerous and, quite frankly, disgraceful helmet-to-helmet hit on Josh Norman. And that is what has resulted in everyone losing their rag with him. Um, he, of course, stayed in the game, went on to score the game-tying touchdown, and having had no catches for no receptions in the first half, after that incident, it seemed that somebody must have said something to him to calm him the F down, because actually there was nothing, nothing happened after that. Mm. It was all went off the field from that point onwards. But the big question is, I mean, Ollie, first of all, how did you see this incident? That's certainly I disagree. I think, OK, Josh Norman... He did start it. He instigated it by um, bring, uh, pushing Beckham to the ground. But I, I think all of the other stuff after that was all on Beckham. The little swipe that you're talking about, yeah, I can see it was a little bit of a swipe. And then it resulted in uh, Josh being hit 
pretty much in the head in uh, on the side of the the side of the it helmet. Was, oh, the it, I can't itself. believe that that Josh Norman stayed up. It was an unbelievable hit. Um, but there were other occasions. Uh, uh, Beckham punched him. There's the the face mask issue where um, Odell Beckham got his hands underneath yeah, right, right. the right, face yeah, mask, and then the Norman got it incident, back. In the exact exact same incident, Norman had his hands all over Odell Beckham's face mask. That's what I'm talking yeah, but, about. No, no, Is but the... Beckham did that first. I'm not saying. Look, you seem to be. You seem to be. All on uh, Odell no, Beckham's I'm not, side. You know, I'm, I'm not at you're all. You're a disgrace. No, I'm know? not at all. Odell Beckham. No, I, what I'm saying is it is very much, by the end of it, it was very much Odell Beckham. But I got very annoyed on Twitter and Facebook today at the. the Odell Beckham deserves all of the lambasting he's getting today. He was stupid. He uh, made a young man's error, a series of errors. Uh, Cam Newton kind of came out almost in defence of him afterwards. Basically, said, uh, pros don't play patty cake. He kind of suggested mm. that, you know, it's all part of the game and he was happy to just see it kind of passed off. Nobody got hurt, etc. But absolutely, Odell Beckham deserves to be lambasted, and mainly for that head to head because that was dangerous and it could have injured another pro. But my point is, is that. Josh Norman just seemed to get away with it scot-free on social media. And it has to be said that Josh Norman didn't help the situation at any right. time. And he very much could have done. He very much could have calmed things down. For Odell Beckham, it seemed like a point of frustration. He had the uh, dropped catch for the easy touchdown. He seemed to get angry at himself and basically seemed to take it out on Josh Norman. Now, we asked on Twitter, what do you think should happen to him? And we've had, a, we've had a quite a few responses to this, all within the same. We said, should it be a hefty fine, a ban? If so, what length? The, the way that it theoretically works here, just to explain, is that the NFL don't like to give bans unless there is a previous incident for which they have fined someone. Now, there was the punch in the Buffalo Bills game earlier in the season, which Odell Beckham threw, which they did fine him for. So theoretically, they could apply that in terms of putting a ban on, but actually it's not a like-for-like incident. And there is a loophole where essentially the league could get away with just fining him. If they consider it fighting, which was something they looked at at the preseason, it would be a much larger fine, anywhere up to $75,000. But from my perspective, the NFL's focus on head injuries and the NFL's focus on player safety in the game, if they don't ban Odell Beckham, then that is an absolute farce. It just completely shows... In some ways, I almost don't want them to ban Beckham because actually, fine, it would show the league to be the hypocritical mess that it completely is mm. in its current form and maybe we'll see Rog go and maybe it's the final nail in the coffin. But I think Beckham will be fine. I mean, we're now hearing it's likely he will be banned. But just to give you an idea what people thought on Twitter, Emma said a couple of games banned at least. It was completely malicious. Uh, Gary Taylor suggested both two games and two weeks' wages. I think you lose your wages anyway if you get banned, but I'm not 100% on that. Roger always going on about the integrity of the game. Time to actually back that with action. Spot on. Tom Marshall, 100k fine and a two-game ban. He was acting like a prick. Head trauma is the <laughs> highest priority in the NFL, and that spear was dangerous. Tony says a four-game ban. We all know how he loves to miss the early part of the season anyway. Chris Ray, hit him where it hurts. His ego. The team needs to show he's replaceable and bench him and make him apologise publicly for it. Uh, Josh Norm, uh, Josh Hunter, sorry. At least four games. If not, the league can never hand out head-to-head suspensions again. He punched Norman four times and delivered deliberately threw it threw himself at him he said any less and he's simply getting superstar preferential treatment a hefty fine for beckham says michael a suspension of some sort clearly a ban for officials for failing to deal with it is an interesting one from michael m sport guy one um Make a dis- make a these are these are almost too numerous to go through. Daniel says make an example of him with a ban there's one question I think he's going to get banned and he's going to get fined and everything else Tom Coughlin's role in this he came out after the game and said I almost pulled him from the game. Uh, that was such a stupid and silly quote. 
Why would you almost pull it? If you think he's being dangerous, you would pull him from the game. But what you did was you left him in there because it affected the potential for you to make the playoffs. And in fact, with that game-tying touchdown, it did exactly that. It could have put you in a position where you could have got back into the playoffs. You're now in a very difficult position to get there with the Giants. They need to win back-to-back and have Washington Washington lose and everything else. I mean... It's a very difficult for them to get into playoffs at this point. But to say I almost pulled him from the game, Coughlin is an experienced head coach, and he should, just as with anyone else, get some kind of lambasting for the fact that he didn't pull him from the game when what he was doing was dangerous. And Coughlin is a, an experienced... and in, He's won two Super Bowls, Coughlin, and mm-hmm. you'd think that he would see that perhaps the game has gone at 35-7, uh, and it was, <laughs> it pretty much was gone. Uh, and in- incredibly, they managed to get it back. And that was by no small part thanks to uh, Odell Beckham. Uh, I-, I think Coughlin needs to be looked at in this and-, and what he said and why they didn't pull him. Because there is some sort of, um, there's a code in, in NFL, in American football, in sports, where someone's not doing, so- doing something wrong. We see it in football. Someone makes a really bad challenge. They get a yellow card. The manager brings them off uh, so that they don't get sent off. And it should that should have happened in this. Uh, Josh Norman afterwards said what he did is on display you see what kind of player he is and you pull back the layers of skin and you see what you really see what it is film don't lie film doesn't lie Beckham uh, should be banned in my opinion until the end of the the season uh, and we won't I hopefully won't see him again until next year uh, the <laughs> uh, just the one last couple of two we had uh, Brett Margison said I'm happy with a one game ban purely so the Vikings don't have to face him uh, <laughs> I love how people bring their own uh, this was the the thing that annoyed me on Facebook was it, not only was it the Josh Norman thing but people saying that they'd want to they wish that he'd been hurt in the challenge and like I understand what? that I understand that what he did was dangerous and stupid, but like never wish for a player to get injured. That's just, I mean, it makes you look more stupid than it makes the, the player look for his offence. And I got into somebody with that on Facebook and had, uh, you know, actually decided to wind him up a little bit, maybe had a little bit of fun with him. But, um, and then, good fun. <laughs> and then this person, Daniel, uh, actually absolutely nails it for me. Uh, he's uh, with exactly what I expect to probably happen. He said, make an example of him with a ban, then scratch it off in a craven about face on appeal. Discipline, NFL style. <laughs> that's, surely that's a T-shirt or something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that is essentially what we've seen from the NFL consistently in the last few years. Yeah, maybe expect a four-game ban to be reduced to two. He'll start next season. I don't think we see Odell Beckham again this year. Uh, shocking scenes. Shocking scenes. But the game itself was incredible. Cam Newton, five touchdowns, 340 yards. How good is he? Cam Newton was the first quarterback all time to go for 300 passing yards, five touchdowns and 100 rushing yards all in the same game. He now has multiple five touchdown games in recent weeks. Uh, 18th straight regular season victim, uh, victi- victims, victories. <laughs> no, well, they, they, they felt like victims. He's been that good. He's thrown for 19 touchdowns in the last five games and a career breast. 33 so far this season. Carolina visit Atlanta and host Tampa Bay to finish this schedule. All of the three previous NFL teams to reach 14-0. Miami in 92, England in 07, and Indianapolis 09 all made the Super Bowl. Only the Dolphins won the championship. But this Carolina team are rolling. And is there any part of you that looks at this game? I mean, Cam for MVP is very much the position I'm in now. But is there any part of you that looks at what happened in this game and makes you think to yourself... Their way in which they lost such a big lead, and it's not the first time they've done it recently. I mean, I know the Falcons game, they shut them out, but the week before that, it took a game-winning drive um, to, to win their game. 
that makes you think, actually, if they come up against one of the other big hitters in the NFC, they're going to struggle? I, no, because they have come up against one of the uh, against the big hitters in the NFC. I, albeit earlier in the season, they beat they beat uh, Seattle on the road, beat Green Bay at home. Um, what they did. And you get that with any with any team that's on a high, and we saw it uh, going back to football with the the Arsenal Invincibles. They had to draw against Leicester, come back from behind to, to draw against Leicester at home. I mean, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Teams can't win every game, but if they do, they do it by whatever means possible. Okay, they lost a lead, but there was a bit of the stuff with Odell Beckham and Josh Norman. They were without uh, Jonathan Stewart. There was the block field goal from Graham Gano. Which really would have put it all out of all, yeah, all out of and sight. And that's the thing. There were a couple of fluky plays which let the, let the Giants back into this. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's let's. Um, I, I want to keep that question in mind because we're going to come back to it after we've gone through all of it. Because another thing that I got angry about this week, we'll talk about in a little while. But we spent lots of time, for not unsurprisingly, on this game and on the uh, the games in general. Let's get on and talk about the rest of the playoff pictures. And in the NFC, in the late game last night, the Arizona Cardinals against the Philadelphia. Eagles. The Cardinals reached 12 wins for the first time in the history of the team. Won the division title for the first time since 09. Bruce Arians has won division. No, Bruce, Bruce Arians has won divisional titles before, but on a night when his players were celebrating their first NFC West title in six years with t-shirts and hats, Arians was looking bigger. He said, this is about the Super Bowl. This isn't about the NFC West. That wasn't our target going into this game. The Cardinals, just to say, can check division champions off their players. D uh, David Johnson ran for 187 yards, a ludicrous night and three touchdowns, including a wonderful tiptoed touchdown down oh, the sideline. incredible. To stay in. Carson Palmer threw a touchdown pass, and the Cardinals beat the Eagles 40-17. to uh, Cardinals 12-2 will earn their first round bye with a win over Green Bay next week. And they still have a chance to win out with the number one seed, but Carolina would have to lose its last two games for the Eagles they could win the NFC's title still they'd have to beat Washington at home and the Giants on the road in order to do that so they'd have to win out and they can still do it um, because they play Washington but this was a weird game for me because the Cardinals it was very tight for quite a long time and I thought Bradford was having probably his best game for the Eagles and then on three consecutive possessions the Eagles gave away turnovers the Cardinals capitalized on all three of them with touchdowns and closed this game out it ended up being a huge blowout but you know there were part points in this game where the the Eagles actually looked like there was a bit of life to them yeah it's the 40 to 17 is a, a score a scoreline that it kind of is a little flattering, I think, to the Cardinals. Didn't really get anything going on uh, on the ground. Uh, sorry, in the air. So it was all down to David Johnson and the way that he uh, managed to uh, carve up uh, the the Eagles um, O line, uh, the Eagles D line, their, their secondary, <laughs> and then the, and then the safeties. Um, I thought uh, I thought the Cardinals looked actually. Um, kind of vulnerable at times especially defence I think they look vulnerable in the first half and the, kind of what highlighted it to me and the reason I brought it up is um, the role of Rashad Johnson in this team because Rashad Johnson is a player who doesn't get a, as much love as he probably should the safety mm. um, because Tyrion Matthews has been so good uh, because Patrick Peterson has been so good except, uh, because Tony Jefferson has been so good but Rashad Johnson is the, the quarterback of their defence he's the guy who goes up there looks at the adjustments looks at what the offence is going to do and then changes the plays for the defence. And 
this is a game against the Eagles. They're a team where you need that guy, and he was out injured. They desperately need him back because mm. even though they managed to exploit the Eagles' turnovers, there was the touch, to, the long touchdown to Jordan Matthews, which was a completely blown coverage where he got out into vast amounts of space out on the right hand side and just practically walked it into the end zone. Yeah. And we've not seen the Cardinals give up a play like that all season. So I think he needs to get back nice and quickly. And then there's Tyrion Matthew. Yeah, Tyrion Matthew went out of this game with a uh, with a knee injury. I believe it's his left knee, which is the same knee that he tore the ACL on two years ago. Um, it's difficult at the moment because Arians, in a phone call with uh, Peter King, which you can read about on the MMQB, basically said he didn't know what the reason was, but sounded very somber about it, particularly for an NFC title West title winner. And that um, we heard from various other members of the locker room that uh, he was walking and was able to walk on it, but reasonably gingerly. So... We, they need him back by the time they get to the playoffs. I really like the Cardinals this week. I think they're balanced in all phases. I think what their running backs have done, stepping up, particularly David Johnson recently, has been phenomenal. They've got a great set of receivers there. You know, if somebody, if Michael Floyd doesn't step up, John Brown does. If John Brown doesn't, it's Larry Fitzgerald. Everything about their team I really like, but it just shows you how fragile, if you lose a really key player, it can be. And for the Cardinals, if he's out, if, if Tyrion Matthew and Rashad Johnson are both out for an extended period of time, I can't see them beating good teams in the playoffs no i can't either and um we saw especially with that blown coverage exactly what is needed from those guys um and the, the way that the cardinals are playing football uh, even on the road at the moment is, is kind of in your face they blitz more than anybody else and that that affected sam bradford we could see it by the end with with a couple of terrible picks as well um i want to go back to the receiving core you mentioned about um uh, players stepping up Larry Fitzgerald has been incredible and two of those touchdowns for David Johnson were through blocking from him becoming an extra tight end which is amazing Uh, John Brown dropped two or three really quite easy passes and that's why it wasn't quite the best game in the air for Carson Palmer but then when you've got Michael Floyd or uh, you know catching the ball on the outside oh look but they're very excited I'm getting overexcited about the Cardinals there was one series where uh, Palmer went three and out with three passes, all of them downfield, all three of them were phenomenal balls dropped into the basket, and all three of them were dropped. And you were just going, come on! What does he have to do to get a catch here? It was ridiculous. But the Eagles ended up showing up the the frailties and the issues Mm. that they do have. And the Cardinals uh, went out and won it. And uh, like I say... Uh, a healthy Cardinals team, then I fancy them to go all the way to the NFC player, uh, the NFC Championship game. I'm just concerned. A Cardinals team racked by injuries is a, is a different matter. And if they've got to face the Seahawks, one of those NFC North teams who could get hot, something like that, then they could have some problems. With they really teams. could. And then, if but if they get through that, some by by hook or by crook, they've more likely got to go to Carolina. And <laughs> I really don't. I think, they're looking so hot right now. Let's talk about those NFC North teams because there are two of them and they are both looking like decent playoff teams. It's a little bit bizarre. We'll talk about the Vikings first. Teddy Bridgewater threw a career-high four touchdowns and ran for another just you know the week after I slagged him off. And the Vikings took a significant step towards clinching a playoff spot with a 38-17 victory over the Chicago Bay. Stefan Diggs had an absolute day here. Uh, Adrian Peterson missed some time with an injury due to his left ankle. Jarek McKinnon came in and got a score. Um, I just my genuine my general thought on the Vikings is that 
this is the kind of game where earlier in the season they were falling over when they came up against a decent team. And the Bears have been a decent team this year. But Bridgewater had the best day I've seen him have of his career. Mm. Um, he had the same two weeks ago when we gave him some praise. Um, the Vikings... Okay, I'll get on to this again in a bit, but they I don't just completely discount them because of the quality of the teams at the top of the NFC. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and what we saw from Teddy Bridgewater was that when Adrian Peterson went down, he really carried the team on his back. Four mm. touchdowns, Stefan Diggs getting two, you know, the first time that he's found the end zone in six games, which is what they needed. They needed to get that chemistry back. Bridgewater, he only, he only uh, had three incomplete passes. All right, he only threw 20. But that's the kind of the kind of game you're right that in past weeks they might have lost. Uh, we saw it against the Packers. We saw it um, against the Seahawks. Okay, mm-hmm. the Seahawks are a different proposition to the Bears, but the Vikings they could go into someone else's bowl, someone else's uh, field, and upset because they do have a really good defense. If Adrian Peterson's back fit because of uh, after you know um, after injuring his uh, his ankle today, they've got the decent receiving call. With 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 uh, Diggs and and Wallace, you know the the Vikings. I, it, I'm stumbling through this because I kind of you don't, don't want to say it, but I have to say it. Uh, uh, Rob Cramer just came in with the best answer for Odell Beckham. He should be forced to play with Eli as his quarterback for the rest of his career. Uh, the other game was <laughs> the Green Bay Packers going into Oakland, uh, clinching a playoff berth with a 30-20 to win over the Raiders. Aaron Rodgers threw a touchdown pass and Demarius Randall returned an interception for another score to help them uh, to that win. Uh, Green Bay moved to 10-4, and clinching the postseason uh, in the first quarter when the Giants lost to Carolina. But the Packers still have their eyes on a division title and remain a game ahead of Minnesota with the two teams set to face off in week 17. Uh, Derek Carr took a big step back today through two early interceptions to put Oakland in a really difficult hole. Uh, Randall, who has been... I mean, he made a big, big play there, jumped the route. It was a bad throw to try and force it in there. But Demarius Randall has had a very impressive rookie season. Is this a case of, you watch this game in some more depth with me, but is this a case of, all right, we've been bagging on the Packers in recent weeks, but they've got to go in and win these games in tough spots. They're doing it. Maybe they could get hot for the playoffs. Or were you surprised to see them win this, considering that they couldn't capitalise on their early games? I wasn't surprised to see Green Bay win this. Uh, What I was surprised about was that it took almost three quarters of football for the passing game and the the rushing game to get going at all. I thought the score, at the half, well, okay, the 14 love score, 14 zero score, um, going into the second quarter, I thought flattered Green Bay. Um, and but that's what you're saying about the offense not getting going. Yeah, it didn't quite get going, but the, but also in the second half, Derek Carr got going, and actually he looked really good. And you're praising Demaris Randall for for that pick six, but also he got burnt by Amari Cooper twice. It, it could have been further apart. James Jones got done by um, the referees for a non-existent offensive pass interference for a score as well. If there were drop balls from Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb is still not looking himself. Eddie Lacy looks fat. I, you, you sent out a wonderful tweet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is during. approaching Mike Tolbert. Territory. He really is. He is starting to look like the human bowling ball. The, uh, the key thing for me was that the, the Packers defence, who were brilliant in that opening stretch of the season, fell off a little bit, and then have been brilliant in recent weeks. They uh, they held the Raiders scoreless in their final five drives of the game mm. to close this one out, including uh, getting the final... I think there was a final turnover in there as well. And the Packers, I still feel, 
are a team who you just know they have enough talent to suddenly start putting something together, particularly with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. They need to start doing it sooner rather than later. They're scraping this win. Ten points maybe is a generous uh, difference between these two teams. And they really need to up their game in a big, big way if they're going to have an impact in the playoffs. Basically, they need to do exactly what the Seattle Seahawks have done. Yeah, exactly. And But I wouldn't put it past them to go into Arizona next week and upset them because they Ooh. do have that talent. Ooh. They do have that talent. Talk about the Seahawks Is that then. hysterical? Russell Wilson, it's absolutely hysterical, yeah, yeah. but I've not got it up at the moment. There hysterical, we go. <laughs> uh, Russell Wilson continued his record pace throwing three touchdown passes, two of them to Doug, definitely not on PEDs, Baldwin, and the <laughs> Seattle Seahawks clinched a playoff spot for the fourth straight season with a 30-13 to win over the Browns. Seattle now 9-5, and five, have won five straight, and thanks to losses to Tam- for Tampa Bay and the New York Giants this week, wrapped up their post-season berth. Wilson... 21 for 30, 249 yards, found Baldwin with touchdowns of six and three yards, but also hit Tyler Lockett with a 27-yard strike, a beautiful pass in the fourth quarter, and became the first quarterback with three or more touchdown passes and no interceptions in five straight games. He's got 19 in that period, no interceptions. I feel like we're saying it over and over and over again, but he's putting this team on his shoulders at the moment. The running game without rules in there was completely non-existent. Mm. The running game is basically Russell Wilson at the moment. And Marshawn Lynch, people want to... um, suggests that they'll have Marshawn Lynch back in time for the playoffs. They're in the playoffs now. But this is a Marshawn Lynch who's averaging well under four yards per carry for the season when he's in games. He's averaging 60 yards a game in the seven games he started. He's not the Marshawn Lynch who we're used to. And Rawls was actually the guy who was making this running game look really good. The, the Seahawks secondary can be passed on. Johnny Manziel showed that. They've got an excellent run defense and a brilliant quarterback. That's what they've got at the moment. And that's what's going to carry them through. But I don't know if that's going to be enough against the likes of Carolina, Arizona, those teams with really high. Mm. I, I tell you what's going to be fascinating at the moment. If they go into Carolina or if they go into Arizona, and they're likely to go into one of those teams, obviously, it's going to be amazing to see what those games look like. And Because I, I think both would be a shootout. Based on the way that both teams are playing right now, I think they'd both of those games would be like 70-plus point games. <laughs> and actually, I fancy the Cardinals and Panthers in both of them as it stands, but Russell Wilson could put the team on his shoulders and win it for them. Is he making Curse, Lockett, Baldwin, Luke Wilson be- looking better than what they actually are? Yeah, 110%. Um, I mean, uh, D- Tyler Lockett's having a great rookie season and could prove to be a true number one in the NFL, but Doug Baldwin's not a number one receiver. He is a guy who has never had problems with uh, with speed, who's never had problems with size, but has always had problems with getting open. And suddenly in the last five or six weeks, he's getting open constantly, both on deep balls, both on the short routes. As you mm. see, they were both short touchdowns today. And that is so much down to Wilson's pocket presence improving, to him standing up, in the, to him going through his reads instead of rushing and scrambling and getting out and allowing people to progress, allowing things to progress into a point where Doug Baldwin can be closed down by safeties. He can, If he runs the routes in the design plays and Russell Wilson stays in the pocket and does what he's meant to do, then he will continue to score touchdowns. The difference is they've got to come up against really quality teams in the yeah. playoffs, and that's yeah. where it's going to... Because for the Browns, 3-11, and 11, looking increasingly likely, they're going to have the number one overall pick. But Johnny Manziel, I just want to say this, he had one... F- fantastic drive to start of the game which finished off with the seven yard touchdown pass to Gary Barnage admittedly not a huge amount beyond that only about 160 odd yards through the air I want to say at 19 of 32 on passes yeah I'm just looking it up at the same time 
he that one drive showed the flashes of what he can be i just think with the speaking with guys like ben isaacs on the five live show and with simon there's no quarterbacks coming out in this dry uh, draft who you would say are instantly startable jared goff is the one guy who maybe would be startable week one but there's nobody in there who is like a mariota who is like an andrew luck who is like a um, a, a, a Jameis winston who's one of these guys who's going to come in start week one and be impressive so I would say use that high pick and either try and trade it away to a quarterback-hungry team who will take Jared Goff at that high up and get a couple of first-round picks or go out and spend it on building the team elsewhere in the areas where you need some assistance. Get some weapons for yourself. Get a high-quality running back. Build a team not around Johnny Manziel but that can support Johnny Manziel and then look at the quarterback going forward. I don't think he is an NFL quarterback to win you the league but I think he's someone who can be serviceable next season whilst you build your team elsewhere. The Browns aren't going to go from worst to first next season. Yeah, exactly. It's a rebuilding process. They need to look at perhaps the next year's quarterback class. Chalk down next year as being a 7-9, and nine, hopefully, for their perspective. <laughs> That's very kind. I know it's being kind, but <laughs> you've got to think about, you know, I'm putting my mind in, into into that of a GM and an owner thinking, right, what would be progress for next year? And that's probably what they would be aiming for. Eight and eight, seven and nine, that kind of thing. Um, they do. They will have kept uh, Gary Barnage, who is, I think he's tied down for another three years. Tied Ozzie Newsom's um, franchise record for touchdowns for a tight end nine this season. And he's actually been fantastic this year. And been keeping, he got one yesterday, been keeping um, the Browns in some of these games. So that's it. That's all I've got to say about the Browns. The situation in the Pacific is worse than reported. The Japanese are planning something big. What's the target? Midway. From the director of Independence Day. A couple dozen planes. It's all Japanese fleet. We got the order to launch. Discover the incredible true story. Today we're going to be underdogs. Of the World War II battle. Good luck, boys. Fire! Midway. Download and keep now. That's the NFC AFC playoff picture. And there was one game and it was such a great game. And that was the Denver Broncos against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Roethlisberger passed for 380 yards and three touchdowns as the Steelers rallied for a 34 to 27 win over the Broncos. Antonio Brown, now Chris Harris hadn't allowed a touchdown in two years. What? Before Sunday. He hadn't had a passing touchdown on him for two years. Then he tried to beat Antonio Brown. Wow. Antonio Brown went for three touchdowns, uh, two touchdowns, sorry, and 189 yards. He absolutely torched him. Uh, they moved into the AFC's second wildcard spot by dominating the NFL's best defense after spotting the Broncos a 17-point lead. Steelers completely controlled the second half of this game, taking the lead when Ryan Shazier intercepted Osweiler to set up a 23-yard dart from Roethlisberger to Brown with 3.34 to go. And then Osweiler phenomenally got an absolute, got just handed to him. This absolute treat. 2.01 left. A ridiculous interception from Ben Roethlisberger. The sort of thing he never gives away. <laughs> Broncos have the ball on the 41-yard line. They had a chance to tie the game, and the play calling was dreadful. Osweiler didn't have a bad game in this game. 296 yards, three touchdowns, um, and another running touchdown. They moved to 10-4. and four. He had probably his best game since starting against a Steelers defense that can give up points. 
So why did they lose this game? They just went on all... F- they, they went for it on four downs, and they kept throwing it deep, and you're just going, you've got four downs to move the ball ten yards. Mm. Try maybe throwing something short. Try maybe running one of those running backs. You've got three of them there. None of them are very good, but CJ Anson, Ronnie Hillman, Juwan Thompson, one of them might have gained you three or four yards on one of those downs. That gives you three downs to gain another six yards. It just seemed so simple, and yet on the second, third, and fourth down, they went deep on every single one of them, and whilst I'm someone who often complains about quarterbacks not throwing past the sticks in a third and long, fourth and long situation, there is a difference between throwing past the sticks to a triple-covered uh, Dem- uh, Demarius Mary, Thomas. Almost. Practically a Hail Mary. And throwing it to somebody on third down, say, who is five yards ahead of you and puts you in really manageable fourth and short. Mm. It just really, really frustrated me. Really frustrated me. Did... Um... <laughs> The Broncos are in a dangerous position here. The Broncos now, yeah. with, the, with the next game we're going to talk about, they could miss out on the playoffs altogether. Come on. I'm How? not. No, I'm not even. I'm not. No, it doesn't deserve one of those <laughs> because it's not true. It's, uh, it's all right. To break it down for me. Break it down for for me and the listening millions. <laughs> if the Denver Broncos lose to the Bengals next week, the Chiefs are only a gang back in the AFC West. If the, sure. if the Chiefs win out and the Broncos lose next week and the Steelers win out and the Jets win out, no Broncos in the playoffs. Jets have got... Chiefs take the bye. Chiefs take the bye. Chiefs take the... Bengals and Pats most likely take the bye. Steelers take the... Uh, take the... Um, nor, uh, take the one, uh, one wild card. Jets take the other wild card. Chiefs take the division. And they would be out of the playoffs altogether. In fact, Cal tweets are saying, if the Broncos lose to the Bengals next week, will they panic and shove Peyton back in for Week 17? I mean, I was talking about Peyton starting Week 17 because they would have secured a first-round bye by then. Now they've got to face the Bengals and terrible AJ McCarry. not terrible. I'm sorry, he played okay against the 49ers. We'll get onto that in a bit. <laughs> he, they genuinely might do something stupid like that. And it would be stupid because I predicted that to Peyton Manning's NFL career is done. That's why it'd be stupid, because it would ruin your uh, prediction. Yes, that's why. <laughs> but yeah, looking at it, the, the Chiefs have got the, Bra- they've got the Browns and the Raiders both in uh, Arrowhead, so you could expect them to win both of those. What, wow! Oh, the, whoa. Raiders. the poor Raiders. This is amazing! Uh, well, let's talk about that Chiefs game very quickly. The Chiefs-Raiders uh, game. I, I think, to be honest, the Steelers, and um, I just want to... Let's burn through the rest of these because I'm going to talk about the overall playoff picture sure, in general. Sure. Uh, at the end here, uh, even though we've already touched on quite a bit with the NFC, but there's a beef that I've got. And it's a beef that I've specifically got with our friends at Gridiron. So we'll get on to that. In no, a but, but we're Gridiron. Yeah, no, but our friends. You mean those our, magazine. Our, our, our fellow friends at Gridiron. What, well, those uh, magazine. The, the Simon Clancy's and Matt Sherry's of this world. Two people who you can normally rely on to argue with each other. Ganged up on me on Facebook last night. Did and, they? And uh, not in a way... I'm not going to go crying to my mum about it. I'm not going to get Star Wars so emotional you're, about you're basically going to cry to, uh, <laughs> to, to, to the, 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 the podcast, people listening. The podcast crew to then go and berate Clancy no, and No, I don't want anyone Sherry. to berate anyone because they'll probably agree with Clancy and Sherry. But it's just... It's an overall beef I have with... Maybe NFL fans overall, certainly certain NFL fans. This is one hell of a tease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kansas City, uh, the Chargers. I think I'm being perfectly reasonable. Uh, the Chiefs uh, went to the Ravens. They won 34-14. to uh, It was easy. 
Um, Kamara can hail Mary. Yeah, uh, basically the Chiefs capitalised on a variety of miscues by the Ravens to extend their winning streak to eight games. Tyvon Branch returned a fumble 73 yards for a touchdown in the first quarter. Marcus Peters clinched victory with a 90-yard interception return oh. for a score for 436. Yes, uh, Kansas now 9-5, and five, also scored touchdowns following a drive-extending penalty by Baltimore and a ridiculous fake punt in their own half on like fourth and a billion yards. It was fourth and 17. Wow. What are they? No, fourth and nine, sorry. What are they doing? Uh, with the victory, Chiefs become the first team in NFL history to allow a five game, to follow a five-game skid with eight successive wins in the same season and would be only the second team in NFL history to make the postseason having been one and five. People mocked us when we talked to them in London and said, do you think you can still make the playoffs? This Chiefs team have been excellent. I love their defence and they're doing it without Justin Houston as well. I feel like we've said everything we probably need to say about well, and then them, And they're doing it without Jamal look, Charles and Alex Smith is finding receivers in the end zone so it, we love the Chiefs here we do we absolutely do uh, there were two duffers at the top end of the uh, at the top end of the scale in fact there were a few duffers in the AFC playoff race this week let's be honest but we'll kick things off by talking about Patriots Titans because for New England they just couldn't get it easier really they welcomed a toothless Titans there building Tom Brady through for two touchdowns uh, to Gronkowski and to James White, I believe, to hold on to the top spot in the AFC. Uh, and they now have an 87% chance of taking that number one seed. Beat Tennessee 33-16 to and knock the Titans. Marcus Mariota out with a knee injury. Looks like it might be Mettenberger for the rest of the season now with Titans season uh, pretty, uh, uh, over and done with. Uh, Brady completed 23 of 35 for 267. Uh, there was one great play for the Titans, which was Delaney Walker's oh, yeah. ridiculous 56-yard touchdown where he broke about four tackles, tiptoed down the line, had one of the best stiff arms I think I've ever seen. Uh, absolutely wonderful stuff. But for the Pats, they just continue to roll on into the playoffs. It's that front seven as well, isn't it? Chand- led by Chandler Jones, so I'm loving this year. The Chandler Jones fumble play. I oh. literally, I had to watch that replay six times before I worked out when he actually got his hand on the ball. Because how long are his frigging <laughs> arms? Know. Like, the, 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 the left tackle, who's completely going to escape me now, is ho- holding him out. And he somehow, just as the throw comes forward, extends that left arm out and gets fingertips yeah. on the ball. And it's only when you see the shot from behind where you see the hand kind of pop into view <laughs> but if you see the game camera if you see it from the usual sideline shot i at no point see the the moment that his arm goes boop, boop. uh it's just ridiculous there yeah, their front seven's great the pats have got a really good defense they're probably gonna have the number one seed if you want to win the afc you gotta go to fox bro that fox facts of the matter you gotta go there ha. oh do you know what i don't like about fox bro you saw it with that Delaney Walker that touchdown. The, that it's in the arse end of nowhere. The arse end of nowhere, but also, you saw it with a Delaney Walker touchdown. I really should save some of these orangina sweets for my wife. You should do, and stop eating just the orange ones. See, some of the other colours. Was those guys... You just took an, an orangina one. Oh, a pink one, look. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, it's a pink one. It's those guys in Patriot outfits and the fake guns. Just get off! Why are you there? <laughs> what have you got to do with football? Get yeah, out of it! You could say that about a lot of mascots, really, couldn't you? Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but there's loads of them. <laughs> there's about ten of them. Yeah, just yeah. You've, you've had a beef with this for a while, right? Uh, to the stadium which will be hosting this year's Super Bowl. We'll certainly not be hosting the home team there. Jeremy Hill ran for a pair of one-yard touchdowns to back AJ McCarron's first career start for a patchwork Cincinnati Bengals and led them to a twenty-four fourteen win over the Forty ers 
As Dalton watched from the sideline with a large cast of his broken right thumb, oh. McCarron threw a 20-yard touchdown pass to Tyler Croft. Who? And uh, 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 it's a, a rookie tight end. Just before halftime, the Bengals moved to 11-3, and forced three second-quarter turnovers from the 4-10 and terrible 49ers to take command. This was all on the Bengals' defence for me. Vontae's perfect, Adam Pacman Jones, each making interceptions um, on balls that deflected off hands of tight ends Vance McDonald. Uh, it was frustrating as a 49ers fan to watch because actually the Bengals were good for three minutes in the second <laughs> quarter. They scored all of their points at that point in the game. Yeah. And other than that, they didn't really show very much. Now, admittedly, the 49ers have had games like this at home this year, and not just that week one against the Vikings, but they, they played very well against the Cardinals defensively. They, they've given teams some trouble at home with their good young pieces on their defense, and the 49ers aren't a terrible team. Paul Mack tweeted us asking, have the 49ers finally hit bottom, or is there worse to come? There's potential worse to come, Paul, because actually this wasn't a terrible performance. It was a frustrating performance from a 49ers perspective. But it leaves in a really intriguing position for the De- for Denver to be travelling into Cincinnati next week for Osweiler against AJ McCarron for most likely that number two seed. And if the Broncos lose, as we've already said, a potential they slip out of the playoffs altogether. That's a fascinating matchup. But the Bengals, much like the Cardinals, have so much balance that I just fancy them to have enough to do it and hold on and take the number two. Are you not worried about the lack of yards? that they managed to, to get. It's under, uh, let me do the quick maths, under two, <laughs> 260, under 270? Uh, no, because for the exact reasons I said, and it had a lot to do with defensive turnovers, giving them the ball in good position. It was a pretty ugly game of football. It was, yeah, in fact, the only game of football uglier this weekend was probably Jets-Cowboys on, on Saturday night, which was, for three and a half quarters, terrible Not Texans-Colts? Uh, Texans Colts was pretty bad as well but there were some bad games of football this week. but there were also some great games of football well we're going to talk about another terrible one sorry oh, we've, <laughs> have we gone top heavy again yeah this, this uh, does keep happening we keep in fact, we've got two terrible games back to back followed by two games which means absolutely nothing here so let's rattle through them a little bit uh, Jets Cowboys it was Thursday night football on Saturday night sorry what it was Thursday night football. No, no, no. You can repeat oh, it. Saturday I just didn't night. understand what you mean. I said it was Thursday night football <laughs> on Saturday night. So what you're saying is it was Thursday night football on Saturday night. It was Saturday night football. But for some reason, NFL Network and everyone else insist on calling it Thursday night football on Saturday night. Because apparently they're not allowed the branding of Saturday night football. Something to do with college or something. Just ridiculous. Just utterly ridiculous. Oh, that makes me sick. Thursday night football on Sunday night, Randy Bullock kicked a 40-yard field goal with 36 seconds left as the Jets kept pressure on Pittsburgh and Kansas in the AFC wildcard race. The AFC, this game wasn't good. The AFC wildcard race is. This is a game where Kellen Moore came in uh, to replace Matt Castle at quarterback. It was terrible. It really the, is the year of the, the, the backups, isn't it? The Cowboys at 4-10 and 10 are absolutely pants. Uh, the Jets have, have now moved up to, uh, have now moved up to 9-5. and five. And they're in a position for, if they win out, they have a genuinely good playoff position. However, they have, of those teams in the wildcard positions, by far the most difficult schedule. Having to have the Patriots at home, then travelling to Buffalo in week 17. Two not very easy games of football. Um, We actually missed out a game in the NFC, I've just realised. We totally missed out the Washington game, which is terrible of us. 
Yeah, well, we are top heavy, so let's leave it at the end. Let's let's cover it a little bit. Uh, the only real notes from this game I wanted to put out there is uh, the only wide receivers with more touchdowns than Eric Decker over the past four years are Des Bryant and Brandon Marshall. Wow, which is it's massively underrated what Decker can offer when he's not in as a number one receiver and when he's got someone else to play off against. That's been brilliant this year. And Josh tweeted us asking, does Mo Wilkerson get the respect he deserves? 12 sacks on the season for not an edge runner at Russia and is known for being a, being a run-first guy. He's an absolute beast, yet no one seems to talk about him in the vein of other top linemen and defensive players. I, I am slightly annoyed by that. I said that Mo Wilkerson is the best player on the Jets' line about three weeks ago. Thank you very much. I think as well when... Hey, the man! Yeah, I think as well when they brought in uh, Leonard Williams, mm-hmm. it, we all said oh, it's going to compliment and uh, to be there with Mo Wilkinson. It would be incredible to see them all playing. So, I, 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 yeah, I kind of disagree as well. But but I do understand where Josh is coming from. We we actually, I mean, we got into a talk about defensive linemen with uh, Matt Sherry because someone wanted us to talk about Fletcher Cox uh, at this point last week. And, and we talked about the other guys who really have been impressing this year. And we probably didn't mention Mo Wilkerson. And that was probably unfairly because he is a great, great football player. So, Josh, we give Mo Wilkerson respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, that is what it means to me. Someone I'm not giving respect to is Matt Castle. I've just seen on the highlights here <laughs> the the uh, in, <laughs> the intentional grounding interception. Oh, my God, that is one of the most <laughs> terrible plays I've ever seen. We just throws it into the player's chest. So he falls over, going one way, spins around, and on off his back foot, he's throwing it to the sideline, but he doesn't get enough on it, and Darrell Rivas picks it off. Terrible It's arm. It's absolutely awful. Then straight, not straight after, a bit later on, he loses about... 20 yards on a sack. That's why this Kellen Moore fella comes in. Uh, Castle. <laughs> Who? <coughs> Who exactly? Castle, you're done. Uh, talking of backup quarterbacks and the most ridiculous. Uh, so on last week's show, we discussed how the AFC South was absolutely ludicrously going to be decided in a game where TJ Yates and Matt Hasselbeck started under centre. It got even more ridiculous than that because at one point in this game, it was Charlie Whitehurst, clipboard Jesus, going up against Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon? It was third-string quarterback on third-string quarterback as the Texans took the AFC South lead with a 16-10 win over the Colts. And a fantastic stat that's been tweeted into us because somebody's asked us, Adam asked who are the worst team to make the playoffs in recent living memory. Obviously, the argument's it's the losing teams, Seahawks at 7-9 and nine and the Panthers at 7-9. and nine. Panthers, that's the, pretty much the same team we're seeing now. And it was the same run they're on now. The Seahawks were a terrible team, but they won a home game. And the, the quarterback for that Seahawks team, Matt Hasselbeck. No. And the backup for that Seahawks team, Charlie Clipboard Jesus Whitehurst. So, you know, maybe, maybe the Colts have got it right. But yeah. they haven't because they lost. And they're definitely out of the playoffs Yeah, now. and uh, we won't see I mean, they're not. Uh, just, just, just so you know, numerically, of course, they're not out of the playoff. They need to win both the games and have everyone else lose. But really, they're out of the playoff. Yeah, they're out of the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, no and more Andrew bet, Luck. And my bet on the Texans to take the AFC South when they were four games back is going to be get me quids in. Thank you. What odds was that? Uh, I can't remember now. About 16 to 1, I believe. Wow. Maybe shorter than that. No, I, in fact, I tell you, the the... I put. I actually put a bet. It was when Andrew Luck went down. I put a bet on all three other teams. The Titans and Jags were twenty-five to one, and the Texans were about 
uh, in the kind of eight to one range, somewhere around there, because they were the stronger team. Okay, but uh, you know, you're going to get some money. I'm going to make. You're going to get paid. I'm going to get paid. Thank right. you right. very much. Uh, but I don't want to talk about that game anymore. No, no, no. I just thought the quarterback matchups were interesting. And we no, really... they weren't interesting, though. And <laughs> interesting in their terribleness. Oh, fine. And I'm really sorry, doing the NFC playoff race, how disrespectful we are to the London-bound Washington football team because they beat the Buffalo Bills 35-25 to as Kirk Cousins had a day. Four touchdown passes, ran another 13 yards for the score. In fact, Washington really should have trounced buffalo in this game they've moved to seven and seven but they were 21 nothing up in almost no time whatsoever tyrod taylor got the bills massively back into this game passes to sammy watkins sammy watkins called out his teammates in a big way after this one but washington you have to fancy for the nfc East title at this point sorry i got that wrong i do apologize the nfc disgrace title at disgrace this point. because they've now moved to seven and seven the Eagles losing this weekend with the Giants losing this weekend. Washington travel to Philadelphia this coming week, then travel to Dallas. If they win one of those two, they're going to win this division 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, but you could see them losing both, can't you? Oh, I hate them. Not them, the whole division. And then it would be the entire dis- division with losing records, because we can't see the Giants without uh, Odell Beckham winning uh, the next two games either. You're all a disgrace, a horrible, horrible disgrace. So, my beef. And my beef is kind of with de facto knighting of teams via uh, Facebook and Twitter and everything else and people wanting to say. And and this kind of came down to an ongoing conversation where basically the guys, uh, Simon and Sherry, uh, Sherry is a Patriots fan, so the only team he feared facing was the Steelers right now. And Clancy basically saying the Seahawks would go into Carolina or Arizona and easily beat both of those teams. How does, how does he know? First of all, they were all shooting down Carolina for the fact that they lost that big lead. And as Liam pointed out, it's kind of on my side. Everything got caught up in the OBJ Norman nonsense. They were the two big mistakes with the Giants. And therefore, they gave them that they gave that uh, that lead away. But they still came back and managed to w- w- win it. And yes, Russell Wilson has been insane in recent weeks. But the defense really hasn't been as good. They're both saying the AFC title is going to be Pittsburgh, New England, NFC, Seattle, Carolina. Although actually, I don't think Pittsburgh... Uh, New England now works as being possible, saying that the only five teams who could possibly win the Super Bowl are either Seattle, uh, the Patriots, the Steelers, uh, and then the Cardinals or Panthers. Just absolutely, completely willing to take these teams and go, no, they've won it. Just dismiss everyone else. No chance they're going to win it. And I sat and I fought my corner for a good half an hour, an hour on this, saying that I thought Carolina would beat Seattle. I thought the Cardinals would beat Seattle right now. That I thought the Steelers actually, people shouldn't keep anointing them as the team who are going to come in and cause problem in the AFC title because their defense is not yeah, a good not defense. Good. We don't give the Chiefs anywhere near enough respect considering the row. run that they're on with eight wins in a row. I, I, admittedly, I'm not going to say an, NFC, an AFC South or an NFC disgrace team are going to win it. But I just think you look at those two NFC North teams as well. And people have been spoiled in recent years by the fact that in the last two seasons, we've basically had the two best teams in the Super Bowl both years. Arguable that Seattle, um, that Seattle Denver was the two best teams, but they were two of the best four. Mm. Last year, it was definitely the two best teams. But prior to that, no one expected the, Gi- the Giants to go on and win the Super Bowl either of the years that they won it. Nobody expected the Ravens to come anywhere near making the Super Bowl, let alone win it the year that they won it. And what it about is- Sherry's Pats? 
Yeah, it's an absolute... And, and the Patriots... The 9 and 7 Pats! The, the, the Patriots who... I'm throwing a flag. <laughs> the, the Patriots who, let's not forget, that they have just gone 12 wins for the 8th consecutive season, which is an NFL record. No, sorry, 12 wins for the 6th consecutive season, which is an NFL record. They've taken the first round by for the 8th consecutive season, which is an NFL record. Well, How well, many times have they won the Super Bowl in that time? Uh, once. Once, last year. In, with a much weaker team, arguably, on paper, they won it three times in four years. This is the NFL we're talking about. And what the real joy is, is that one of those dark horses could steal in and win it all. And I still think that there is some argument for one of those teams coming in and doing it. And yes, whilst I fancy Carolina, and I think that actually they still don't get the level of respect they deserve as an undefeated team, stop just giving teams wins in the playoffs because, well, they've looked good at home and they've got home field advantage. Seattle are definitely going to come in and win this. I think Seattle, if they come up against one of those really good teams, are going to fall apart. And they haven't looked good away. No. They've lost... Uh, they've lost in Car- did they lose no they lost at home to Carolina but they've lost in Arizona they've lost in Green Bay the, 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 the Seahawks aren't a great road team at the moment. But between that and then people on Facebook saying that they wish Odo Beckham got injured and just general stick giving, I just got really annoyed at NFL fans this weekend. There was a real lack of sense of humour over stuff. I cracked a couple of jokes that people took way too seriously. I can't even remember what they were. I think No, I tell you, it was on Odell Beckham. So I have Odell Beckham. I know uh, talk, people talking about other people's fantasy leagues is boring, but I'm just being very quick about it. Six fantasy leagues... Three of them into the semi-finals. Two of them, I'm gonna in, of those three, I'm gonna make the final in two, and in both of them, I have Odo Beckham. Mm-hmm. So I just put a thing going out. Forget about what the band's gonna do to the Giants. I'll lose both of my playoff finals without Odell Beckham. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Clearly tongue in cheek. Yeah, I got so much stick for it. I got just. It was on Facebook, I think, actually, rather than Twitter. And I just got message after message of people going, uh, you know, nobody cares, stop being a knob about it. This, oh, somebody could have got hurt, somebody could have got injured. Well, it, like, I, it was a joke! People on Facebook don't have any sense of humour. They're the people that laugh at, at uh, cats. <laughs> I, I, love I, like, I laugh at cats I as well, actually. But, no, no, but you know what I mean. There are people on there that have no sense of humour. Look, we've already run over an hour, and I didn't mean to do that at all. So there are... (laughs) Get on with it. There are two other games very, 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 very quickly to mention. And then we'll tell you what's coming up for the rest of the week. That's Falcons, Jags, and Dolphins, Chargers. As the Jags managed to just throw away really any playoff hopes. Technically, actually, the Jags can still make the playoffs. No, No, they can't. I tell you, technically, what, the mathematically, Jags, they can still do it. Mathematically, they can still make the playoff. Oh, okay. So if Houston lose both their games, Indianapolis lose to Tennessee, to Tennessee, and Jacksonville beat New Orleans in New Orleans and Houston in Houston, then Jacksonville would advance over Houston due to better AFC record and over Indy due to better common opponent record. Oh, come on, the Jags! So the Jags <laughs> could still do it. Come on, Jacksonville! But if that happens, they would go in with a losing, losing record, record, and we would now we would then have an AFC. And an NFC disgrace divisions. Yeah. Uh, in that game, Julio Jones scored for the first time in seven weeks. The Falcons ended a six-game losing streak. You know, if the Jags can't beat a team like this, it's, they probably don't deserve a playoff spot. Down to five and nine. Yeah, they're they, not quite eliminated from the divisional race, but may as well be. And then the Dolphins-Chargers game, in the, what's probably the final game in the concrete mecca that is the Qualcomm. And actually, quite an emotional ending afterwards. With the, with the Raiders and with the Rams, there's this kind of feeling that 
I don't know, either they don't believe that they're going to be leaving or... Uh, I, mean, I know Raiders fans are passionate, but they're just not the same sense. With this game, uh, Rivers was going like getting emotional in his post-game interviews. Uh, all the players were going and signing stuff, the season ticket holders. Like, it felt like the last game in San wow. Diego. It really had that feeling to it. Danny Wood had had four career... Four touchdowns, a career high, a career day was what I was trying to say. Left them on my bench. Uh, <laughs> smooth work. As they beat the Dolphins 30-14. to 14. And I think... Whilst the four touchdowns is one thing, and whilst the Dolphins are a terrible, terrible football team right now, this whole game for me could be summed up in one play. I know the play you're talking about. Philip Rivers throws a 41-yard bomb downfield. Rashad Jones picks it off. He's been brilliant this year. It was in triple coverage. In triple, into triple coverage. He returns it 43 yards, is tackled, fumbles the ball. The fumble is collected by... Philip Rivers, who on a two-yard loss gets a fresh set of downs. It's a clown car. If I had the Benny Hill music here right now, I would play it. Instead, I'm just going to go... To the bank? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it's the first one I saw. You like that? No, I don't. Like that? No, I don't, Kirk Cousins. I do not like that. It was ridiculous. These are bad football teams. When he collected the said fumble, he just looked really embarrassed. Yeah. There was he, no celebration. Yeah. It was just... Oh, sorry, guys. I, I'm sorry. Bad. We all had to be involved <laughs> yeah. in this terrible, terrible. Do you game think? Of do you think the Miami Dolphins are now the new New York Jets? Uh, <laughs> it's a little harsh, but there's a chance. That it's so much as that they could probably beat the Patriots the last game of the season, <laughs> and it would be so Jetsy. But now, Dolphiny, but Jetsy. Uh, maybe that's Dolphiny. Who knows? Let's Ugh. find out going forward. So Monday night football tonight. Um, we do. We're going to release this game on this show on Monday because it's a short week. There'll be a new show on Wednesday slash Thursday morning. There's Christmas Day football this year. Not for Americans. It's Christmas Eve football on Thursday night, admittedly. But Chargers at Raiders will be on in the nobody wants to be in their f-ing city anymore bowl uh we'll be playing at 125 on christmas morning i'd be absolutely delighted to hear from fans who are going to tell us that they're going to be staying up for that one because that's a true duffer um uh, but monday night football tonight it looks like an interesting one uh it is the what am i t- saying it doesn't look like an interesting one it's the lions against the saints but it actually what i mean is it looks like a fun one it could be a shootout Two defenses not living up to uh, what we what you'd hope is the standard of an NFL mm-hmm. defense. Two offenses who have got interesting pieces. I think there could be a lot of points in this game. Adam uh, hilariously tweeted me saying, "Are you look for, looking forward to the Kyle Van Noy Bowl? If you don't understand the reference, hashtag mock, mock drafts are real. Hashtag mock versus reality. Then uh, you don't listen to the podcast as much as Adam does. Clearly, I don't understand the reference." Uh, earlier <laughs> in the year, I accidentally said that I really liked Carl Van Noy as a Lions player. Who does he play for? Is it? I can't even remember now. Carl Van. <laughs> this is the exact problem. Carl Van Noy, I think, is a Lions player. <laughs> I've gone and confused myself again. Carl <laughs> Van Noy plays for the Detroit Lions. Earlier in the year, I said I liked him playing for the Saints. The only reason I picked him for liking him for the Saints is because James Dixon had picked him as a Saints player in our Tuesday morning football. The show, who shall not be named, former show, picked him as their player in the mock draft. So I accidentally put Carver Noy actually on the Saints. What a weird reference to tweet me. Fair play, Adam. That was pretty impressive.
But he's a linebacker, and we don't draft linebackers. It's a mock draft, not a fantasy draft. Oh. All over the shop, mate. You are literally all over the shop. It's Uh, it's the old bus. So before we finish this show, uh, we did have the announcement of the season tickets have gone on sale uh, for NFL UK and for the games at Wembley and Twickenham. But if you're only going to be able to come for one game or if you want a special experience or a special package, there is one way to do that, and that is is with Sports Travel Tours. So let's speak to Andrew Hill and he can tell us all about it. So a couple of weeks ago, NFL UK announced the 2016 International Series. Three games, a new stadium, at least three, potentially four new teams. Because let's be honest, nobody is willing to decide who's going to finish third in the NFC disgrace. But the Jacksonville Jaguars will host the Indianapolis Colts in an AFC South Divisional matchup in week four. In week seven, the Rams will face the NFC East team who finishes in the same spot in the standings as them. And the Bengals will host Washington at Wembley in week eight. A fantastic slate of games. Uh, We know a lot of people renewed last week, but now is your chance to start picking up individual game tickets and some phenomenal packages courtesy of our friends at sports travel tours of whom andrew hill joins us on the line now andrew how are you sir very well indeed will how are you yes not bad at all where first of all uh, as i always want to ask when we speak to andrew where in the world do we find you right now uh right now i'm in dallas prepping for uh, the big bowl game match uh, this coming week um with the alabama michigan state um semi-final game wow not a bad one to be going to this week not to too be fair. shabby no, it should be pretty good. We're going to be doing a bit of a playoff preview next week. I think we may even do it as a little extra episode we release out there into the world. Uh, so we'll be touching on that game in some depth. But uh, is it your first? Uh, did you go to the playoffs last year? Yes, yes. And obviously the uh, the national championship game was here in Dallas. So uh, we had a group in for that as well, which was, uh, which was great fun. So obviously, if you're interested in going to those games, it's probably short notice now, but you can still get on sportstraveltours.com and, and look at that. And they do fantastic college games as well as the NFL games, as well as all the other American sports. But Andrew, the key thing we want to talk about is the international series, because you've got some exciting stuff coming up for those three games next year. We do. We do. We've just released our NFL series packages for this year, for 2016. And as you rightly said, we've got a brand new stadium in Twickenham. But um, our packages are going to be uh, just as good and even better than before. We've got um, our signature tailgate party, which we're going to be hosting at the two Wembley games um, at a facility right next door to Wembley Stadium. Views of the stadium while you're inside. Great food, drink. We've got an NFL legend uh, appearing. And in addition to that, um, we've got the hotel packages that include... um, hotel within steps of Wembley Stadium Um, you can have it starts with a one night package but we also can do two three four night packages if you want if people are doing those kind of four night packages what do they get additionally to because as we always say the the real joy of going with you guys is the additional experience offered uh, that you wouldn't get if you go to these uh, if you arrange these things yourself absolutely well the key thing is the tailgate party Um, great event right by Wembley. The extra nights, we can do hop-on, hop-off tours of London. If you've not done any sightseeing around London, that's a great way of doing it. Um, We have customers coming in from all over the world. Some of them even add on trips to Paris or or any of the other European cities as well. So we've got a whole load of um, options that you can take up. 
and we can also tailor something specifically for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and do you know what? We, um, uh, something we haven't even discussed with you yet, but we will we'll discuss with you now. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are going to be doing a Super Bowl party again this year. We can't give away too much information about it right now. There's some super secretive behind the scenes work going on. So we'll be making an announcement just after New Year's of exactly what that's going to entail. But we uh, are also looking to the possibility of hosting some Super Bowl party, some post international game series parties at the same venue next year. So why don't we say now immediately that if you take a sports travel tours packet you get free entry into that party and a beer as well. Oh great idea yeah. Sounds great. Perfect. Works out Double down Andrew (laughs) double down. (laughs) Um, So if people and these games like if you can't go to all three games it's definitely worth coming to at least one of these games. All three of them look really fascinating. Jags Colts we saw how good that game was last week. The Rams against the NFC East team I mean whoever it is from the NFC East uh, guarantees you entertainment if nothing else plus with the Rams Todd Gurley you get to see uh, you get to see that phenomenal defensive line Bengals that's still a potential Super Bowl team Andy Dalton hopefully coming back for the playoffs Washington a much improving team year on year plus football at a new stadium Twickenham would be incredible as well yeah all of these are really nailed on great reasons to come to at least a single game uh, Andrew where can people find out about these packages if they are interested in coming along with sports travel tours Absolutely. You can go to our website, which is www.sportstraveltours.com. You can give me a call on 0121 288 7305, or you can email me, Andrew at com. Hold up, Andrew. You're in Dallas. How can I get in touch with you if you're in Dallas? And you'll give me that, that was number. a Birmingham number. Yeah, but he's in good of technology. Uh, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. That's yeah, good. I genuinely feel like Ollie didn't realise that. No, I didn't. <laughs> I did realise. I was playing the, the, yeah, the good, audience. Good work, mate. Yeah. Good work, buddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you call that 0121 number. Wherever I am in the world, somebody will pick up. Most likely me. What Incredible. a jet setter. What a jet Well, uh, enjoy the uh, the bowl games. I'm sure you will. Um, enjoy going to the, the, the NFC and AFC Championship games as well. I mean, we'll see you out in Santa Clara and certainly we'll be chatting plenty when we're out there. But you're going to be uh, covering at least one of those games with our very own Matthew Sherry and our competition winners as well. So, so many exciting things coming up for Sports Travel Tours over the next few weeks. Go to sportstraveltours.com for more information. Andrew, the last thing we need to do with you is just wish you a very Merry Christmas, sir. And the same to both of you guys and, and all your families. Have a great time. Beautiful, Andrew. Always an absolute pleasure. And uh, I do really, really urge people to go out and check out those packages. If they're thinking about coming to a, a Wembley game. There is the, the, We did the tailgate party last year. Really good fun. I'm sure we'll do it again there. So you can come down, chat with me and Ollie as well. I know that's not really <laughs> it's a not selling the, point. Yeah, not really, but, is it? Uh, <laughs> it's definitely worth <laughs> checking out. And uh, Andrew, we really appreciate your time. Great stuff. Happy Christmas. Thank you to Andrew Hill and Sports Travel Tours for all their support with the show this year. So much exciting stuff coming up. Don't forget, Super Bowl Party is on. Tickets will not be released for about three weeks, but when they are, it's with a really, really exciting announcement. We cannot wait to tell you all about it. It's going to be phenomenal. Genuinely, I'm so excited about this. It's going to be so worth your £10 entry, you would not believe or your group entry with bowling or anything else so get in touch with us at gridiron on twitter or gridironpod at gmail.com get onto the website gridiron-magazine.com i think there's a contact form on there as well and uh, and just get in touch with us and let us know if you're interested and we'll make sure you're kept in the loop when those tickets become available because genuinely you're not going to want to miss our super bowl party 
I, I, yeah, you really won't. I'm gutted that we're going to miss it. Ollie, uh, well, I'm not that good because we're going to be in Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ollie, is there anything we'd like to finally touch on before we wrap up this show and we see everyone in probably about two and a half days' time to preview week 16? The regular season's nearly I done. Don't want it to be the over. playoffs are practically all tied up. It's fascinating in the AFC wildcard race. There's two divisions who aren't tied up because they're both a disgrace. But otherwise. We've only got six weeks of football left. Oh, don't say that. It was 50 days to the Super Bowl two days ago. 50 days to Super Bowl 50 means it's 48 days now. It, yeah, or whatever day it is when you're listening to this. Seven weeks ago yesterday is, is till the Super Bowl. Oh. Don't be, no, don't be upset. There are going to be seven amazing weeks of football with the playoffs, with everything else going on. I can't yes. wait for this. There's going to be so much news as well over the next few days. At Gridiron to follow us for that. And we'll bring out another pod in a few days' time. Ollie, any final thoughts? No, any from you? No, in which case, thank you very much for listening to The Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. We love you. Merry Christmas. We go, actually, we're going to speak to you again before Christmas. So I retract my Merry Christmas and I say, Happy birthday, it's your birthday this week. Bye. Happy birthday, Neil Dutton. That's who I wish a happy birthday to.